Good morning. Great to you in Jesus' name this morning. It's um, exciting to be at church this morning and to worship with you all. As you may have noticed already, I am struggling with a voice that is seeming to be losing, losing my voice there. So if you can't hear anything, you're sitting at the back, I uh, do apologize. <clears throat> but uh, I do have a few Bible references um, that uh, looking at here, so maybe um, be ready. I might want to, I might call on you to read us, so be ready for that. <clears throat> so the title, the message that, um, the title of the message this morning is Being Overcomers. And so hopefully this morning I can be an overcomer um, as I struggle with my voice um, after taking some nasty concoction that my wife gave me this morning with salt water and honey and whatever gargle that stuff, hopefully that'll help. It seemed to did help late yesterday, so. <clears throat> the word over, well, let me just start here with a story that I came across here. At the close of the first day of the Battle of Shiloh with serious Union reverses, General Ulysses S. Grant was met by his greatly discouraged chief engineer, James McPherson, who said, things look bad, General. We've lost half our artillery and a third of the infantry. Our line is broken and we are pushed back nearly to the river. Grant made no reply, and McPherson impatiently asked what he intended to do. Do? Why reform the lines and attack at daybreak? Won't they be surprised? And surprised they were. The Confederate troops were defeated before nine o'clock that morning. The moral of the story, no one is defeated until he gives up. General Grant was a winner, an overcomer, because he never gave up. And that's what I want to speak about here this morning, being over, an overcomer. Uh, the word overcomer is mentioned 36 times in the Bible that I could, that I could um, come up with. And I, don't know, I was just thinking about it this past week, um, just to, to, to being an overcomer. And just, I was just excited about what God's word says um, on that subject. And I think there is not one of us here, it doesn't matter if we're in, in seven years old in first grade, if we're middle-aged, if we're 80 years old, there is not one of us that can say that we are exempt from, the battle, uh, from battling Satan <clears throat> and, and, for, and overcoming Satan. Um, it's every day, every hour of every day. And sometimes we may feel like we are losing the battle. I don't know how you um, experience it, but we may not be living in sin, but maybe sometimes we feel like we're losing the battle. And the Bible says, the devil walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And um, the devil is called, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 2, he is called the prince and the power of the air. The prince and the power of the air. Now, what, whatever that all means, um, I'm not for sure, but it seems the, the, the devil seems to be gaining victory on this earth, does it not? Doesn't it seem that, that he is gaining victory? Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of fighting that goes on in the world today. Um, just, just recently, on the news, sometimes we just turn the news off, but recently, it's, there's a lot of fighting in, in high levels of our government, a lot of back and forth, um, like a bunch of three-year-olds, really. Um, Name-calling, calling each other liars, um, even though they might not be far off from that. But it's just ridiculous as I look at what is going on. And the battle rages on. Um, 
There is, there is a war. In the life of the Christian, there's a war between the flesh and the spirit. The Greek word for overcomer is Nike or Nike, which means to carry off the victory, to carry off the victory. <clears throat> and as I think of, of, of a victory, you think uh, of gaining a victory on a battlefield. Uh, when one side prevails and the other side is defeated, <clears throat> they are overcomers. They overcame um, and, and experienced victory. The Bible teaches that this world is a battleground and not a playground. It's a battleground. Um, overcomers are followers of Christ who successfully resist the power and temptation of the world's system. An overcomer is not sinless, but holds fast to faith in Christ until the end. So this morning I just want to give us um, maybe just a, a fresh uh, and a new a zeal, maybe a passion to be conquerors, to go out and, and, and take on and win the battles in, in our lives, lives, the battles that we face. Um, and maybe, maybe I'm bringing this here because um, this message this morning, because I'm aware of the battles in my own life. And um, sometimes we may say, choose your battles. Um, and sometimes it seems the more battles you win, the stronger Satan um, comes at you and the stronger he may become. But, and he never goes away. But, you know, the good news is this morning we have a God that is victorious over sin and death. <clears throat> and, you know, this morning is, um, we're thinking about overcoming battles, we're overcoming sin and Satan. But there's also other um, giants, you might say, in our lives that we may be experiencing this morning. Maybe it's discouragement. Maybe it's difficulties. Um, maybe there's unpleasant circumstances that came into our lives recently. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's uh, criticism or trials. I don't know what, what you're all going through or what you're experiencing this morning. Maybe it's fear, um, stress. And our family in the past year has gone through some uh, difficulties with our son, Emerson. And um, you know some of you this morning have experienced difficult circumstances. And I don't know how you handle it, but sometimes I get discouraged. You know, why does, why does he, my son have to be experiencing um, this, this difficulty? Um, but I believe we need to find a way to get above our, beyond our disappointments and our discouragements. We need to rise above them and call on, on Jesus Christ, who is the greatest overcomer. And he can be our father and leader. And so this morning, I'm going to look a little bit at what the Bible says about that and look at some overcomers in the Bible. And maybe we'll get to Revelation and uh, talk about, Revelation has a lot to talk about overcoming. And maybe I'll, if we don't have time for that, we'll do that in part two. So let's turn to, in your Bibles, to 1 John chapter 5. <clears throat> We'll read the first, first five verses there of John, 1 John chapter 5. Philip Weaver, do you want to read that? 1 John chapter 5, we're going to read verses just 1 to 5, but let's focus on verse 4 and 5. By this we know that we love the children of God, 
when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. <clears throat> Thank you, Philip. <clears throat> so if you remember two weeks ago, um, Pastor, or Pastor Lynn went here to 1 John chapter 5, and he spoke on verse 13, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Uh, what a blessing that, that is. Um, <clears throat> and we will see maybe later on in our sermon here um, the, uh, the same, some of the same promises. Um, and so anyway, um, the, recently it was uh, brought up about John Brubaker, who died here um, a few weeks ago. And if I can add something about, about him, I don't know John Brubaker, but um, I was recently, I was on, on Fairview Street's website looking at some of their, um, who was preaching and who, some of their sermons, and I seen he had a testimony, that he shared a testimony there back in September. And so I, I listened to that. I thought it sounds interesting, and um, he's obviously dead and gone now, on to his reward. But it was very encouraging to hear him talk about his coming death. Like he talked about his death, like it was, it, it was, it happened every day. Like he knew it was coming, and and he was, it was a normal, it was like a normal thing. He was, he was going to die. And if I could add to that, he overcame any fear of death. He was an overcomer. He overcame the fear of death. And so, we're looking here at First John chapter five, a few points here that we want to look at at how to be an overcomer. First point is be born of God, and that is taken in verse four. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. You know, as, as a child, we are, we grow up, um, we're, as a child, a child this morning is safe in the arms of Jesus. And when a child gets to a certain age, the age of accountability, they sense the call or feel the call of God calling them. And when they answer that call, that child is accepted in the, into the family of God and becomes a part of the family of God. When we put Jesus Christ, acknowledge our sin, and come to him in, in repentance and acknowledging that we need him, we become a part of, of his family. And we are putting Jesus Christ, when we do that, we are putting Jesus Christ as our Father and ours, our Lord and, and Savior, and we are putting him as the greatest overcomer that ever lived. We are putting him in charge of our lives the one who, who overcame sin and death and the grave. And we are saying that we want him to be our overcomer for us, to, to help us. And there's nothing too difficult for, for him. And we, when we do that, we are acknowledging that we need him and um, we, can't do, we can't do life on our own. Um, which he doesn't expect us to. He, you know, we are not, we are not created to to handle this this life on our own. So he gives us the choice to to accept him and give our lives to him, so he can help us. So he can help us be an overcomer. <clears throat> and <clears throat> you know that starts with right here um, acknowledging that. We need him and being born again and being born into his kingdom. That is the start of, of being able to be an overcomer. <clears throat> so secondly, um, to be an overcomer is taken out of verse 4. 
which says, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So how do we be an overcomer? It is by faith. There's a quote I came across here. It is not necessarily the size of your faith, but the size of your God. You know, and even if our faith is weak, um, and I'm not encouraging to have a, a weak faith, but even if our faith is weak, our God is strong. And our God is stronger than any mountain that we can or cannot see. Um, he's stronger than the, the, the uh, disappointments that we face, the discouragements, the fears that we face. Um, an overcomer doesn't go around the mountain, he goes over the mountain. Doesn't go around the mountain, he goes over. He conquers it, and then when he does, he calls it a victory in verse 4. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. When, when God's children, you and I, are overcomers, and we conquer um, our giants in our lives by faith, um, it's a victory. And it's, it's, you could say, it is a mountaintop experience. But, you know, God hasn't always promised a mountaintop experience. Um, sometimes we go through the valley. And how many of us, maybe there's some here that have gone through the valley. Maybe you're going through the valley today, right now, this week. Um, and, you know, maybe sometimes we question God, you know, wonder why is God, you know, I thought I was serving you, I was serving you, God, this, this time, and now you're bringing me through this. Why this? Psalm 3, verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I heard recently um, somebody talking on that, and they brought it out that, that they're not walking into the valley, you're walking through the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So we're not walking into the valley. We are, walk we are conquering that. We are walking through the valley. And, you know, I had to think of the, the Israelites. You know, they, they, um, when they came out of slavery in Egypt, and they were finally freed from the bondage of, of Egypt. And then they, they came out to the Red Sea there and wondering, what's God going to do? Is, are we going to be, are we going to have to go back to Egypt, to the slavery of Egypt? And we all know the story how the Red Sea parted and they walked through the Red Sea. They didn't walk into the Red Sea. They walked through. And there was a victory. There was a celebration on the other side. Once they, um, they seen God work, it was momentous and it was a mountaintop experience for them. They were singing and praising the Lord. The Egyptians, not so much. They walked into the, the Red Sea. They did not they did not have God on their side, and, and uh, God did not, did not bring them through. So this morning, it's, it's our choice. Will we allow, allow God to take us by faith and trusting in him to, to conquer that, um, the, whatever it is that we face this morning? Or are we going to be like the Egyptians who... They didn't make it through. They, they were buried in the Red Sea. <clears throat> Hebrews 11 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So as this morning, as we grow in Christ, as our faith is strengthened and increased, um, as we grow in the Lord and, and we mature in him, our faith becomes stronger and we become more like him. <clears throat> So thirdly, the third point is believe in him there in verse, in verse 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. 
believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And this kind of goes along with the first point there on, on uh, <clears throat> being born again. And that's not just a, um, saying that I believe in God, you know, just a shallow, yes, I, I believe there is a God or whatever. Um, it's a, it's a, I think it's a life change. It's a heart experience in, in believing and knowing that he is real and he is capable and he will carry out his promises as he promised. <clears throat> so fourthly, it's not in uh, First John anymore, but um, the fourth point is spirit be spiritually alert. Be aware of warning signs. <clears throat> so this past weekend, we were at the, at the cabin with the family and uh, while I was there, I decided to do a little hunting. Didn't necessarily go there to hunt, but I decided to do a little hunting. No, um, so, and so I was sitting there on the one ridge there, and I, I was, it was first early in the morning, and I seen some deer traveling down below me, down through a little further, different times throughout the morning. It was deer, were, deer were going through, and so I knew I wasn't at the right spot, so I, Went, said, I'm going to go down there. It's still early. I'll just move, move down closer. Maybe some more deer will come past. Maybe a buck or something will come past. And so I went down there, and I crossed over the trail there where I seen the, there was a little snow there. I could see where they were moving, so I crossed over the trail. And as a hunter, I always try not to step on the trail, always over the trail, because you don't want to, um, the deer to sense your presence of, of coming through there. So I was... Sat up there on the other side a little bit and just hoping maybe deer will keep moving there. That morning it was cold morning and and uh, sure enough, soon uh, a, a young uh, or a mother doe and her young one came came through over through there and I was um, yeah thinking hoping they weren't going to smell me there my my trail and sure enough she came down and I could see exactly where I walked over top of the trail and as soon as she got to that point where I crossed over the trail her nose went up and she started sniffing around and looking around and, and, and it wasn't long until they tur turned around and, and went directly 180, directly back the way they came. So as a hunter, I was kind of annoyed. Like, I was hoping, yeah, I could go undetected, but you know, she was, she was a, uh, an overcomer. She knew, she was aware of danger and we all know that those of us who are hunters know that a, a mother doe is much more cautious than any other buck might be. But she was, she smelled, she smelled danger and she did a 180 and, and went the, the opposite way. And, you know, I, as I'm sitting out in the woods, I enjoy watching God's creatures, enjoy watching all the animals. And we all know those annoying squirrels, they chatter and bark at you and, um, but why do they do that? They do that to aware, to, to warn others of danger. And there's so much that we can learn from um, God's creatures. And, you know, for us, for us this morning, we need to be aware of, of danger as well, to warn our family and friends, maybe at times, of danger. We cannot fall asleep. We cannot fall asleep spiritually. And, you know, not necessarily talking of falling, of falling asleep here, please don't fall asleep on me, but falling asleep spiritually, we cannot. We need, to be, we need to be on guard and be alert. You know, animals in the wild, they will die. If they become oblivious to danger around them and they 
become susceptible to, you know, they, they lose um, their awareness of the danger around them, they will die. They, there's enough of predators out there that will, that will um, take them out. <clears throat> So I have, a, I have a story here that I was going to share on, uh, I don't know if anybody has ever read it in the Keystone Messenger Flight 447. Anybody ever read that? To a few of us maybe. So it's a story that I thought fit, fit very well um, with the topic this morning. And uh, also I, I, I want to I note as well, there's another article in this, in the Keystone Messenger written by Philip Weaver, authority of the scripture. So, Check, check that out afterwards. It's pretty, pretty good. Thank you, Philip, for that. On June 1st, 2009, Air France Flight 447 took off from Brazil en route to France. Four hours into the flight with 228 persons on board, the Airbus 330 crashed and sank into the Atlantic Ocean. Speculation continued for two years until the black box recorders were recovered from the ocean floor. What happened? Here is a simplified series of events. Storms are known to be on the flight path, but the crew does not change course to avoid the storms. Flying in turbulence at 35,000 feet, the speed sensors develop icing. This icing prevents the autopilot from functioning. Heaters are deployed to melt the ice on the surface of the plane. Plane begins flying normally. Captain decides to take a nap, turning over the controls to two co-captains. Co-captains decide to climb to a higher altitude, but the plane does not respond as they expect. Flying by hand and not on autopilot, the instrument readings change. They continue attempts to climb to a higher altitude. Aircraft reaches, reaches its maximum allowable altitude. Warning signals, visible and audible, commence in the cockpit. Co-pilots have difficulty analyzing what is happening. A stall warning sounds. One co-pilot pulls back on the, on the control to attempt to climb. Note, this plane has asynchronous controls. The pilot and co-pilot controls did not operate in unison. One could be back while the other was front, and they could cancel each other out. In this case, one was pulled back while the other was in level flight position. The other co-pilot does not realize that he has the controls in the climb position. The aircraft stalls and forward speed falls to dangerous levels. Aircraft loses altitude falling at 10,000 feet per minute. Stall warning continues to sound. The crew becomes distressed about the situation and summons the captain from his rest. He also has difficulty analyzing what is happening. Suddenly he realize, realizes that one co-pilot has the control in the climb position. He cries, no, 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 push it forward. At 2,000 feet, the plane tries to fly, but it is too late. There is not enough altitude for recovery. The plane crashes after falling for nearly four minutes. Passengers were unaware of their danger. All lives were lost unnecessarily. A fully functioning flyable aircraft fell into the sea due to the errors of those responsible for the control of the aircraft. The Christian church is in a similar situation. Times are difficult. Spiritually, we are flying in turbulence. There are storms. We cannot endure all of them. We must avoid some of them. We cannot rely on our own ability. We must rely on the guidebook and the Holy Spirit to direct us. We are traveling by faith. Many passengers are not aware of the danger. And so I was thinking, reading that story there and just, and just thinking about that, you know, um, leaders, there's a lot, many leaders here this morning, us as men are leaders in our families. And, you know, we cannot shrink in our duties. 
we, you know, if, if, we don't, if we don't lead out, who will? And, you know, the co-pilots in that story, they obviously didn't know what they were doing. Um, whether it wasn't enough of training, I don't know what the deal was, but they didn't know what they were doing. And so I want to encourage each one of us this morning as men, as leaders in our family, to um, step up to the plate. And, and maybe you are. I'm sure, you know, you're doing a, a good job. Um, but God is calling us as, as leaders. You know, there's, there's um, our, our families, there's lives, at, you know, eternal souls there at stake. And he wants us as men to lead out. <clears throat> and so I want to, well, let's just go to First uh, John chapter 4. You don't have to turn there. First John chapter 4, Jesus says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And, you know, we need Jesus Christ to help us. You know, it, that tells me that there is, there is power within us. There is the ability within us to rise above Satan, the allurements of Satan. And, you know, to have God working um, tirelessly, interceding for us so we can be uh, more than conquerors. So... We looked at these uh, four, four uh, things here uh, of, of we can, that we can be overcomers, be born of God, and be born of God, and, and overcoming by faith, believe in him, be spiritually alert, and, and fifthly, embrace our problems, not run from them. Embrace our problems, not run from them. Turn, you can turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. <clears throat> I don't know if, if anybody knows here before you get there what, where, where, uh, what, um, where, where we're going to here in 1 Samuel chapter 18. What comes to mind when you think of someone that is overcoming an enemy? It is the story of David and Goliath, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, um, but I want to just pick out a few um, things here in this chapter. First Samuel chapter 17, I just want to read verse 16. It says, And the Philistine, speaking of Goliath, drew near morning and evening and presented himself forty days. So the problem here that they had is Goliath was not going away. He was a problem. And he came out every morning and every evening for 40 days. And so I just had to imagine that a little bit. If, we, if there was an enemy or if there was, you could say, a thorn in the flesh, whatever it may be, coming at you every day for 40 days, morning and evening. And, you know, this, this caused hearts, uh, fear into the hearts of the Israelites. This, this giant of a man. And we see... Later on in, in the chapter, that we see that them, they see them running away in fear. He was a, a big and a scary man. Um, the Bible says he was six cubits and a span, which is is approximately nine foot nine inches, so almost ten foot. So if you look at a basketball uh, basketball net, it's about ten foot. So he was almost almost as tall as that, and we see that there was no one here that was willing to fight. Nobody wanted to fight this, this giant. And so looking down there into verse 20, 
It says, And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. So another thing we can learn here in, in, in overcoming is obedience. You know, David here, he was obedient to what his father had told him to do, to go to uh, his brothers in the battle and, and bring them food and see how they're going. And, and he, he got up early in the morning and he went. And David came onto the scene here. And in verse 28, we see him facing criticism. Verse 28, and, and Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither, and with whom hast thou left those sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. So he faced criticism by his, by his brother. And... His brother was angry at, angry at him the way it seems here. And, you know, why, why are you, you have pride. Why are you coming down here? You're supposed to be up with the sheep, and you're coming down here. And his response was, what did I do now? What have, now, what, what have I now done? Almost as if this wasn't the first time that he had faced criticism um, in his life. But we see, we see David here going headfirst into this, into this battle to fight the battle. And we all know the story where, where David told them that he, he killed a bear, he killed a lion, and he can, he can do this. He don't need the armor that Saul wanted to place on him. It wasn't going to fit him anyway. And so in verse 48, it says, And it came to pass, when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. <clears throat> so what can we learn from, how can we apply this story to us today? I see um, David here. David did not cower in defeat. And... Um, but, and in fear. He did not cower in fear or defeat. But instead, he ran. He ran towards the giant, towards that Goliath. He ran towards him. And I can imagine as he was running that he was taking the stones out of his pocket and putting them into his sling as he was going to fight the giant. And, you know, it just puts a picture in our minds of, of confidence that we can handle, we can overcome the enemy, whatever that enemy is. And it's just a, a beautiful picture here of, of, David, of David being able to, to conquer and being willing at whatever cost. Uh, the last point here is know who you are fighting. And I'm not, not talking about physically, a physical fight here, obviously, but a battle against the enemy of our souls. Verse 45 and 47 says... Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, 
and he will give you into our hands. So we know Satan is our enemy. We know, and David here, he acknowledged the enemy. He made it clear to all the people present who the enemy was. He made it clear that Goliath was the enemy and that Goliath was going to be on the losing side. Goliath was the enemy of God. He cursed, he cursed Israel. He was on the losing side. And he was, David was about to expose who the true God really was in this situation. And I think that is God's desire for each one of us this morning. When we conquer the battles in our lives, that he can be exalted and he can be revealed and it can be revealed who the true God is. And he can show himself strong in our lives and the lives around us when we have victory. And uh, in verse 47, there's a key phrase in verse 47 that I almost want, I wanted to make this a title, but which says, for the battle is the Lord's. For the battle is the Lord's. And, you know, do we allow God this morning to guide us to lead us. There's so many times where in life we want to do it on our own. We feel that we can, we can handle it on our own. Um, but when we do, I think it brings us to something like quicksand. You know, the more we struggle, the deeper we get into that and the harder it is to get out. You know, this morning, give it to God. Allow God to um, carry our burdens. We were not created to um, carry heavy burdens. So this morning, I would love to go to uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, um, which, but I think I'm going to save that. I think we're just, I'm just going to read over that. And they overcame him, referring to Satan. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and loved not their lives unto the death. And they overcame him. They were overcomers um, by, the, by the blood of the lamb. And that there, I think, is a, is a picture of a church, the faithful church. And uh, Revelation, the, begin, uh, the first couple chapters of Revelation talk about overcomers, um, being, being overcomers. And, you know, I, I want that to be a picture of us here this morning, that we can be overcomers in whatever it is that we are experiencing, and we can allow Christ um, to guide us. And also, we can look at Romans 8, chapter 37. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. More than conquerors. You know, it's one thing for us this morning to, to conquer and to um, fight and rise above our, our, our battles. But it's another to be more than conquerors. I'm not sure what that all entails yet. Maybe I'll get to that, I'll get to that in the next um, part two. <clears throat> where we'll, we'll talk about in, in Revelation a little bit then later. But. So I just want to um, encourage you this, this week to um, go out there and just be the man or, or the woman that God has called you to be. And um, it, takes, it takes effort to conquer, to, um, conquer the Goliaths in our lives. And, but we know that God is there, and he is real. He is alive today. And... 
Um, we know that he will help us when we ask him to. So, as, as he has called, each, he has a, God has called each one of us. He has put a calling on each of our lives, and he asks us to um, fulfill that call and to be who um, he wants us to be. So just continue to serve him, continue to um, be an overcomer this week, and uh, God will richly bless you. He will bless you in this life and in the next life. So I think at this time, um, I'm going to, let's, let's just bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you. We pause before you this morning, thanking you for um, allowing us to be overcomers. Lord, thank you that we can look into your word and we can um, see overcomers um, in your word examples of men of old that you have given to us to learn from. Lord, we can also learn from um, the mistakes of, of some as well. And Lord, just thank you for the power and the ability that you get, have given us to be overcomers and to um, conquer the battles that um, come in into our lives. Lord, we know that Satan, the enemy, is, um, seems to be at work. Lord, but we know that you are faithful, that you are stronger than the enemy, and that you will conquer. And in the end, we thank you, Lord, that we can be the faithful church and that we can um, cling to your promises um, in your word. Lord, just, just give us courage, Lord, to press on. Give us strength and wisdom as we continue on serving you and conquering the giants in our lives, Lord. Just... Be with us as we go from day to day. Be with us this week. Just help us to um, trust in you, um, to spend time in your word, and to um, take in the truths of your word. Just give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, Lord. Just pray that you would um, be with us as we go from here. Just lead, guide, and direct us. And, Lord, we look forward to the day when you will um, come back for us, Lord, and and uh, we can be rid of the um, disappointments, the discouragements, the, the uh, um, sin and death. Lord, we thank you for that. We just thank you for that promise. Just help us to live our lives um, each and every day as if it was our last. In your name I pray. Amen. We have a song.